now and avoid the Christmas rush, just in case we run out of church. <laughs> Could somebody please write that in the tabloids? You'll be, we'll be inundated. <laughs> it's great to see you, and uh, welcome to our morning worship. I'm sure we're going to get others joining us as they get through the traffic and are able to join us this morning. But as we gather in the presence of God, we are here to worship God and to praise his holy name. And we're going to begin in a moment with a song. But let me just give you a key verse for this morning's service. But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession. That's what you are, and you are loved by God. And our first song is that great song, Bless the Lord, O my soul. We stand as we sing it. Lord, we thank you that you are present with us by your Holy Spirit this morning. We thank you, Lord, that we have been able to get here. Lord, we thank you that we do not need to fear, but we can praise and worship you this morning. And we can do that because we are chosen people, special to you, loved by you. We are children of the living God. You unravel me. Let us pray. Loving Heavenly Father, we thank you for the so many reminders this morning that we are your children, that we can come to you, that you are our Father, our Lord, our Savior, our Redeemer. That, Lord, you want to bless us again and again and again. And for that, Lord, we are so very grateful. Lord, we offer you afresh our lives, our hearts, and all that we do. We surrender to you, and we ask that you will use us. Amen. Amen. Good morning. Now, you will notice I'm not Haley, but I am going to do the notices. So... If you listen more to me than you do to Haley, she'll be really upset. Now, that doesn't mean I don't want you to listen to me. But I want you to do a super listening when Haley does them next time. Okay, so this afternoon at the church, if you have lost a loved one uh, in the last kind of 18, 20 months during the lockdown period, you are welcome to join us for the service of reflection and remembrance this afternoon at 4 o'clock here. It's only going to be about an hour and there's just that opportunity just to come and pause and to remember. And everyone who's lost, lost loved ones, however many of you uh, that has impacted, you are welcome to that service this afternoon. And then at 6 o'clock this evening is the last of our new format services uh, where we're going to be having drinks and gathering around as we listen to um, a group or, or the representative from GraceWorks. Now, GraceWorks is the group that goes into our Havering schools, the Christian group that goes in and 
talks and encourages our young people. And if you enjoyed the young people sharing their testimony last week, come and be encouraged as we listen tonight to the work that's going on in our local schools. So that's tonight at 6 o'clock as we gather around coffee and chat. On Tuesday, as ever, we have the Tuesday prayer meeting on Zoom. The details are in your notices. And on Wednesday, again, we pause for prayer in the middle of the day at 12.45 for our half-hour service. And particularly important, if you're a church member, could you please make your way down here on Wednesday evening at 7.45 for our church meeting, where we have a number of things that we'll be talking about. And there are papers available from our stewards so Wednesday, 7.45, for those of us who are church members, it would be great to see as many of you there as possible. The 9th of October, 9th and 10th of October is a big um, weekend for the life of our church. Now, many of you may not realize why, but our, the life of our church is not just this building here, but of course extends to our work and our care up the road at Parkside and uh, Parkside is going to mark its 50th anniversary on Saturday, the, 20, uh, the 9th of October. And there's going to be celebrations up there. The details are in your notices. And then on the Sunday morning, we're having a songs of praise here. And we're going to be including over the weekend some clips, some TV uh, documentary for uh, kind of archive material, as well as lots of other things that's happening. So the Saturday, the 9th, and Sunday, the 10th, it's a really good way to kind of find out more about Parkside, but as well as to celebrate how God has been so faithful there. And in the evening, we're having an evening around prayer where we recognize the work that's done, both there and amongst our older generation. And then finally, if you are free and you haven't yet booked up and you're over the age of 65 or 65 or over, and you want to join us for our all-ability sporting event for the holiday at home, between 11 and 3 on Thursday. I do, I'm very surprised, I still have places. So grab me afterwards and I'll add your name to the list. And uh, all the details again are in our notice sheet. Samuel, can I invite you to come and share a bit more about our thank offering? Bear with me. <clears throat> As we sang all this song we've been singing this morning, those two words caught my eyes. Thank you. What does it mean? Thank you to who? Who are we thanking? And how do we thank that person? If you do not hear anything from me this morning, I want you to take home with you those two words. Thank you. And because of that, as the scripture says in Psalm 136, I will only read the first verse. It says, give thanks to the Lord because he is good. His love is eternal. Give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His love is eternal. How has the last 20 months or so has been to you? I know what it has been to me at the height of the COVID. Yes, I had to be rushed to the hospital. Given 
as pray that if my heart should tighten again, I should use this. That two words, thank you, thank you to the Lord. How do we express that thanks? Normally, every year, and COVID, you know, human or whatever, how, or however it came, you know, put a stop on how we do things, on our activities and how we thank the Lord. Annually, we do have Thanksgiving service. This is when we express our thanks to the Lord. 2020 has been a challenging, but we have always seen, we have seen the faithfulness of the Almighty, and we can say, thank you. I looked at that, and I said, thank you to Taylor there for putting it together. Anna, yeah, well, I saw you doing all those things then. So, on the next week, Sunday, 3rd, is our Thanksgiving offering day, where you will all have, we will all have the opportunity to bring an offering of thanks to God to support his ministry because a lot was happening and a lot is still happening. You know, I'm telling you this from the bottom of my heart, a lot is still happening. I didn't want to stand here because you might look at me straight away and say, he's the treasurer, what do you expect him to say? He wants more money. Yes, I do. <laughs> so I've got some of my boys out there, so you can empty your wallet as you go out. No, only joking. <laughs> but see beyond me being the treasurer and see the genuine and the sincerity of what I'm trying to say to you. Yes, COVID has been a challenging time. As we look back to the last past years, we have indeed seen the hands of God in the life of individuals which makes up the church. Because we tend to look at church as a building. Yes, it is a place of gathering, but we are individual. We are churches. We minister on behalf of the Lord. So, next week, read everything that you need to read is in the notice sheet. Come to, uh, next week with your best gift. Come with your heart. Come to say thank you to the Almighty. I'm not going to say more than that because if I start now, the minister might not have time to do his preaching, and I'm looking forward to that. Thank you. Thank you so much, Samuel, for just helping us to contemplate that and uh, thank you for the faithful giving of God's people each week week by week people give online and I uh, you know and I know sometimes when we announce it people get out their phones to start doing the online giving you can put your offerings in the three boxes that are around two in the vestibule one here you can do pay it through directly through the banks you can just pay offer your offering in many ways Let's just for a moment be quiet and give thanks to God that we can worship him through our giving. Lord, we thank you for everything we have been able to give to you and how you turn that around to make a difference. We had that song 
that we looked at in the summing, every blessing we pour out, you you pour out, we turn back to praise. But Lord, as we turn back to praise and give to you, you just give back more and more. And you use our offerings for all sorts of ways to bless people, to care for people. And so, Lord, we bring you our gifts and we bring them as an act of worship. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, in a moment, the young people are going to leave. Hannah, do you want to come and tell us what's happening this week? The microphone's on the table there. in my memory every week this week is Sunday school week um, if you are two, if you're if you have a child that's between two and a half and five years old you are upstairs in the pine room if you have a child that's between the age of five and seven you are in the cedar room which you go up there and go up the staircase if you are seven to nine you are in the hall and uh, if you are a, a young person in year six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, and uh, college, then you are out in the youth lounge with me. I will be out here, so you don't have to remember all of that straight away. Um, parents, if your child is in need of uh, the toilet, please take them to the loo before you take them out to their Sunday school session. And as always, we really appreciate it that you will come and collect them at the end of the service. Thank you. Thanks, Ian. God, take these young people. May these young people not only enjoy themselves, but they, may they hear that you love them and you long to have a relationship with them, not just now, but throughout the whole of their lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may leave for your groups, young people. We continue our worship now as Alison comes to bring God's word and preach. No, she's not going to preach. <laughs> that we are going to look at in our sermon. <laughs> Just frightening you for a moment. Part of my job description. Good morning, church. So, our reading today is 1 Peter chapter 2. 1 Peter chapter 2. Therefore, rid yourselves of all malice and all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and slander of every kind. Like newborn babies, crave pure spiritual milk so that by it may you, may you grow up in your salvation, now that you have tasted that the Lord is good. As you come to him, the living stone, rejected by men but chosen by God and precious to him, you also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house 
to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. For in scripture it says, See, I lay a stone in Zion, a chosen and precious cornerstone, and the one who trusts in him will never be put to shame. Now to you who believe, this stone is precious. But to those who do not believe, the stone the builders rejected has become the capstone. And a stone that causes men to stumble and a rock that makes them fall. They stumble because they disobey the message, which is also what they were destined for. But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. <coughs> Dear friends, I urge you, as aliens and strangers in the world, to abstain from sinful desires which war against your soul. Live such good lives among the pagans that, though they accuse you of doing wrong, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day he visits us. Submit yourselves for the Lord's sake to every authority instituted among men, whether to the king as the supreme authority or to governors who are sent by him to punish those who do wrong and to commend those who do right. For it is God's will that by doing good you should silence the ignorant talk of foolish men. Live as free men, but do not use your freedom as a cover-up for evil. Live as servants of God. Show proper respect to everyone. Love the brotherhood of believers. Fear God. Honour the king. Slaves, submit yourselves to your masters with all respect, not only to those who are good and considerate, but also to those who are harsh. For it is commendable if a man bears up under the pain of unjust suffering because he is conscious of God. But how is it to your credit if you receive a beating for doing wrong and endure it? But if you suffer for doing good and you endure it, this is commendable before God. To this you were called because Christ suffered for you, leaving you an example that you should follow in his steps. He committed no sin, and no deceit was found in his mouth. When they hurled their insults at him, he did not retaliate. When he suffered, he made no threats. Instead, he entrusted himself to him who judges justly. He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree, so that we might die to sins and live for righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed, for you were like sheep going astray but now you have returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. This is the word of the Lord. Thank you very much, Alison. We sing uh, another song before we look at that word in more depth. Lord, I come to you. We continue our series on being made in the image of God, made in his image. And you remember over the last few weeks we have seen that people are valuable. 
We have seen that all of us are made in God's image. None are second class, none are second place. All of us, whatever our background, gender, or whatever, are made in the image of God. Today I want to, us to look at the fact we're made in the image of God makes us sacred. In many different traditions across the world, a place of worship is seen as a sacred space. As Baptists, we don't tend to have sacred space. Um, we haven't ever had sacred space. Theologically, it's, it's difficult to find that a particular space is more sacred than anywhere else. But in some traditions, sacred is something that is held very clear. If you were to enter a mosque in this country, as you go in, you'll be asked to take off your shoes before you can enter. Now, I'm not sure that's because all the mosques have this thick pile carpet and they don't want to hoover it, but actually what it is, is because they want you to realise you're entering a holy space. In some parts of the world, Christians would never put anything on their Bible. Their Bible is sacred. They wouldn't put a cup of coffee on top of their Bible. They wouldn't put anything there because it's a sacred book. This is the word of God. And they take it really seriously. They wouldn't put it on the floor. They would hold it very carefully. And they would treat it with special care. Because it is sacred. There are people who are often treated very well and with a lot of respect because of their role, because of who they are. If the Queen was here today, I don't know, she might be watching online, so I better be careful what I say. <laughs> You can never tell who's watching you online these days, can you? But if the Queen were here today, we would have probably had an honoured place for her to sit. And we would have honoured her as the Queen of our country, and we would have given her respect for who she is. That's what we do. Maybe at home you've got some treasured possessions, something that is really special to you and you hold it with very great care. Maybe it's a family heirloom, something that's been passed down through the generations. Maybe it's something that actually has a very particular fear, memory for you. Or maybe you've got something that is incredibly valuable and actually you keep it very safe because you don't want to break it because you know it has real high monetary value. And so you keep it very carefully. How we treat objects and people the word of God, spaces, says something about how we view them. In my mum and dad's lounge is a clock. This clock has been in my mum and dad's lounge since I was a teenager. Different lounge, they moved house. 
But it's been there all that time. Before that, it was in my great-grand's lounge. And it was a lovely clock. And it used to have a glass dome over it until I leant on the glass dome. It's still there as a clock, but no glass dome. And I know that one day this clock will be my sister's. And she's welcome to it, because I've seen how hard it is to dust. <laughs> also, we know, actually, that clock does not have any monetary value of much. It's not made of gold or anything. It's the family value. It's got a story. I say all this as an introduction to this theme, that you are sacred before God. But so is other people because God has created us in his image. That means people have value. People have a value that is sacred. If you look at Matthew chapter 18, when the disciples are pushing away children, oh, they're a mess, they're, getting, they're making a noise. You can imagine the scene, can't you? And you love those family gatherings where the children are running around and screaming. You can't hear each other talk and you say, oh, we just sit down. Jesus had something to say about this. Because he welcomed children to him. And he says, the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. But he went on to say something. And if you harm them in any way, better for you to have a millstone put round your neck and thrown into the sea. That sense that actually a child has value before God and Jesus saying, you must not harm that child. And the Bible's saying that for all of us. You must not harm people. Sacred. In the Old Testament, there's the story at the beginning of Exodus, in Exodus chapter 3, of Moses just going along, minding his own business. And then he comes across a burning bush. Now, burning bushes would not have been that rare to see. Yet this one did not burn up. And Moses approached it to have a closer look. And he heard the voice of God, Moses, take off your shoes for where you are standing is holy ground. And throughout the Old Testament, in the place in the temple, the holy of holies, people did not enter that because that place was holy. And only the priest went in and only once a year into that holy of holies. And they would tie a rope around the priest as their priest went in. Because if the priest collapsed or was overcome with the presence of God or whatever, nobody else would dare go in to get the priest out. So they would pull the priest out using the rope. Because it was a very sacred space. And Jesus 
says, you are sacred. The temple was sacred, but what does Jesus say? He's adding to it in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 19 to 20. Do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? You are not your own. You were brought with a price. God created our physical bodies, therefore making it good and precious from the start. You are sacred. The reading that Alison read to us from 1 Peter chapter 2 that she refused to preach on. Sure, it had been better. We are reminded in this passage that um, we will come down to it that you are a chosen people. But at the beginning, there is a place of choice. And it talks about ridding yourself of malice, deceit, hypocrisy, envy, slander of all kinds. There are things that because we are sacred, we need to reject. Behaviors, habits, priorities that we need to reject because we are sacred. I know and I would agree with the church that if we suddenly started opening the church and having say, I don't know, bingo in here and having all kinds of events that are not necessarily thought good. There would be an uproar, wouldn't there? How can you allow that to happen in God's house? How can you allow that to happen in the church? And we would agree it would not be good. Yet, we allow the holy temple of the Holy Spirit ourselves to be corrupted by the things we haven't rejected, by the habits we have allowed to continue. We have allowed God's very temple to be corrupted. And so, I want to ask each one of us at this point in this service, what is it that we need to reject because we are sacred? What is it we need to stop doing because we are sacred? What habits do we need to stop? But 1 Peter 2 doesn't just talk about the stopping also talks about what we should crave. In verse 2, it says, like newborn babies, crave spiritual milk, so that it, by it you may grow up in your salvation, now that you have tasted the Lord is good. So it's not just what we take out of our sacred temple. It's what we put in. 
what we feed on, what we allow to shape us, shape us physically, shape our thought life, shape who we are. I wonder how we are responding to what we read in the media. I was amused yesterday that as the BBC showed a petrol station with queues, they decided to send their great reporter out to that place called Phil McCann. They could not have chosen a better named reporter for that moment, Phil McCann. Wonderful, wonderful. And as you watch the BBC or whatever channels you've been watching the news, you have probably been putting through your mind, they're idiots, all queuing. How can they be queuing for petrol? We've been told there's going to be no shortage. And we've probably decided to judge every single person who's held up Main Road this morning as mad. Yet there might be the nurse whose fuel tank on empty and she needs to get to work. The parent who desperately needs to get somewhere to see a child or help a child. But we allow ourselves to be pulled in by the media, by everything, to simplistic answers. sacred. Every person who is in the queue for the fuel garage is created in God and sacred. We need to allow ourselves to receive godly care, godly thoughts for what we see going on around us. And that's what we need to do for ourselves. Reject and crave. Reject what's not good. Crave what is good. Reject the things that destroy. Crave the things that help us to grow. And we need to learn to treat people as sacred. Particularly the believers of God's family. You see, as you come through this chapter, you see in verse 4, as you come to him, the living stones, rejected by humans, but chosen by God and precious to him. You just actually rushed ahead there, maybe. Instead of stopping and just seeing that verse, do you believe that verse? Do you believe that verse from 1 Peter chapter 2 about yourself? Let me read it again very carefully. You are chosen by God and precious to him. We sang earlier, I'm no longer a slave to fear. I am a child of God. Or children especially, aren't they? 
I remember that day my son was born, my daughter was born, and I got to hold them. And on both occasions, I got to hold them first. And that sense of, wow. Wow. This is a creation of God's. And as a father, I was proud. I wanted to show them off to everybody. I wanted to show them. Have you seen? Yeah, we were on the phone to the grandparents straight away. You've got a grandchild. And the delight down the phone. Yes. Vicky's parents were in the car on the way up. They were going to come and see it. It might have taken them five hours to drive it, but they were going to come and see their grandchild. It was special. And I could go on and on and on. Because I am a proud father of my wonderful children. And you have a father who's even better. And he says about you, you are chosen and precious. Wow. If you hear nothing else about what I said this morning, hear those words about you. You are chosen and precious. Oh, if only the people going past outside now knew that to God, they were precious and chosen, and God longs to have a relationship with them. Wouldn't that be great news to take to them? Because it's true. It's true. And you're loved by God. And you are part of God's story being built into a spiritual house, a holy priesthood. And so, if we accept that each one of us are chosen and precious and loved by God, how does that make us treat one another? How does that make us care for one another? Because if I decide to behave badly towards my good friend Samuel, and I'm picking on you, Samuel, because I can see you right there, okay? And Samuel is a really good man. But I decide, Samuel, I cannot be a friend with you because you support Arsenal. I have immediately started to hurt someone who God created. Who is chosen and precious to God. And I think I have a right to destroy that. No. I don't. You see, we need to treat one another as special. Not to abuse people, not to torment people, not to allow them to be compromised or ourselves to be compromised away from anything God has said and may 
say of us. Because verse 9 says, you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. There is so much that we need to take from this passage about how we live. My time is going and I want to just go to one place more and that's in verse 11. In verse 11, it talks about us living godly lives in a pagan society. It's hard out there. Don't know how many of you can remember back to the television program. It's an American television program of the 80s, I think it was, Hill Street Blues. Who remembers Hill Street Blues? Yeah. Hill Street Blues was an American police program. And they always used to have the briefing room before where they would gather in the briefing room to be told of all the dangers out there. And just as they were about to be sent, well, they were always sent, and then the commander would say, hold on, hold on, hold on. Be careful out there. That was his last words every time. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Be careful out there. We've gathered as God's people in a safe place. But we're not called to stay here. There's a church in Norfolk, Colton Road. Colton Road Baptist Church. It's an incredible church. It's there in a field. And as you come out of the church, all you can see is a 40-acre field opposite you. Not a house to be seen. But as you leave, there's this sign over the door that says this. The worship has ended. The service is about to begin. The service has ended. Your worship is about to begin. It says it both ways round. Because the way we live as God's sacred and chosen and called and loved people, the way we treat the other, the way we show respect is our worship to God and our service to him. And in... 1 Peter 2.11, it says, Dear friends, I urge you as foreigners and exiles. The early church were foreigners and exiles in their own land. They were countercultural. We are foreigners and exiles. There's so much going on in the world that actually brings, breaks God's heart. It breaks God's heart so much. But we are called to live. Abstain from sinful desires which rage war against your soul. Live such good lives among the pagans that though they may accuse you of doing wrong, they may see your good deeds 
and glorify God on the day he visits us. You are sacred. You are the presence of Christ as you walk in a pagan world. You are Easter people with hope and joy and knowledge of eternity in a Good Friday world that knows pain and despair and fear. And we're called as sacred to live differently. That means we don't abuse one another or another. There are reasons why as a church like us we have strict safeguarding rules. It's not a case that they are to prevent. They are because every person is sacred and we want to protect every person. There's clear reasons why the Bible talks about loving your wife and your husband, abuse, domestic abuse, is totally sinful and not of God. We're called to live differences, people of love, of hope, to respect others and to follow the steps of Jesus. Verse 21, to this you record, because Christ suffered for you, leaving an example that you should follow in his steps. There's a command, isn't it? That you should follow in the steps of Christ. I wonder, can we do that? Can we follow in the steps of Jesus, the Jesus who honored all? The Jesus who was countercultural, and whilst the world around him was vilifying Samaritans as evil people, Jesus told stories about the good Samaritan. Whilst the world around was saying women are second class citizens and have no value, Jesus would sit at a well and talk. He would bring women into his close friendship group. He would allow women to have the best news and be the first evangelist. He would be breaking all the rules because women had equal value. Can we follow in the footprints of Jesus? Who would stand up against rulers and authorities who were oppressing and damaging people and stand up. And you can read this in Matthew 25 and call them a brood of vipers. Maybe not the words you want to put on Twitter today. But he would speak out against awful things. Can we follow Jesus who sees the hungry and said, feed them, sees the naked and say, clothe them? 
Can we follow Jesus who sees the frightened and says, welcome them and says, bring the strangers into your community? Because every one of them are sacred. Every one of them are sacred. If you look at Matthew 25, you have the story there of the wolves and sheep. And Jesus talks about the hungry and the naked. And he says, when you fed them, you fed me. When you clothe them, you clothe me. But he also said something a lot harsher. When you did not do it, when you did not do it, you did not feed Jesus. You, including me, we are a chosen people. We are a people chosen by God and precious to him. We are a royal priesthood. We are the temple of the Holy Spirit. We are called to follow in the steps of Christ. We have a high calling. Will we see people as sacred? See people as special? Will we follow in the steps of Christ? Judy, I'm going to ask you to come and pray and then introduce the last song we're going to just skip a song now Gigi's going to come and lead us in a prayer of intercession prayer for freedom and then introduce the final song with microphones over there Marilla. firstly I just want each and every one of us to have a think of what we've just had before I pray the prayer of intercession. I just want us to pray for ourselves first. Father Lord God, we want to thank you this morning for the power that is in your word, for the power that is in your blood, and for the power that is in your name. Thank you because the house of God is a strong tower, and the righteous run into it and they are saved. Thank you for calling us. Thank you for choosing us. Thank you for making us precious. 
Psalm 8 says, what is man that you are mindful of him? It is nothing but because you love us so much. But unfortunately, we have not transmitted that love to one another. Father, we ask that you forgive us in the name of Jesus. And this morning we come, each and every one of us seated. And those watching us online, we have different needs. There are people who are sick, who are fearful of their future. Who are fearful because of being tormented by sickness going in and out of the hospital. And there are some who have even gotten low esteem because of the way we have treated them. The word says in 2 Timothy 1.7 that we have not received the spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and of sound mind. Therefore, this morning, to each and every one of us who are fearful, we pray your strength. We pray your reassurance that you wrap your arms of love around them. And we receive for each and every one of us healing in our mind, healing in our body. For everyone that is struggling with one thing or the other. Your word says you broke the chains and caught the bars of iron asunder. Everything that is holding us down. That is not making us to fulfill that purpose which you have called us unto. Father, we ask in the name of Jesus that they be broken. We release ourselves, O oh Lord, by the power in your name. And we are set free from the shackles of fear, shackles of oppressions. If the sun shall set you free, so you shall be free indeed. That is your word. And therefore we hold on to your word. And we say we are free indeed. We go out from here now. In your strength. In your power. In your love. Remember those who have been bereaved. Who are done right now. We ask for your comfort. We ask that, Lord, they feel your presence. And we even pray for our world. We pray for Afghanistan and all other countries that are in turmoil at this moment. We pray your peace. Lord, let thy kingdom come. We pray for our government as they begin to look at how to tackle all the various issues. We pray for wisdom. 
And Lord, we commit ourselves this week into your hands. We pray that every step we shall take shall be unto life. We pray your blessings upon all our activities to the glory of your name. In Christ Jesus. Amen. We shall now sing the last song, I Stand Amazed. The service is ended and the worship has started. And the worship has started, the service is ended. Let us say the words of grace unto ourselves. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all and forevermore. Amen. Please don't forget there is tea and coffee. Lily, I think.